Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. The hood doesn't show, but the pain still grows. Choice Ben. In the air tonight is a hit again, by the way, guys. Why's that? I'm, I'm really interested. I'll tell you in a second here. That's Ben Byram. Hey, Ben. Uh, our intern is intern Philip today. The ref. The ref is in the house. Rocking his Boston gear. I yeah, I see frown that. Frown upon him, but I smile at the same time. Canes and Bruins tonight. We'll run through some of the Vegas numbers on that later. Uh, the Big Ten, Pac 12. Making their announcements today. No shock there. Uh, a lot to delve into with that, including an ACC medical expert saying that fall sports could play. No, this uh, song is back as one of the top selling songs again, according to iTunes. It's like a top three, top four on the sales charts. There's these two, uh, they're twin brothers from Gary, Indiana, Tim and Fred Williams. And they're those guys that do the stuff on the TV or on the YouTubes. Okay. All right. Where they, you know, they listen to a, an old song or a classic song and they get their reaction for the first time. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I've seen this. I've, I've seen so that. I, you know, see, here's what's funny. I actually watched it the other night. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole. Did they like it? Oh, they loved it. That's awesome. They loved it. I, I might try to get you the cut uh, where they react. If we don't do that, we'll do that maybe later in the week here. But that's where they went crazy. This is where they lost it. And because that video has blown up because they listen to old songs, you know. They probably uh, introduced it to a lot of... Uh, well, that's what happened. Yeah, they got, a, they got a YouTube following. But I watched it. I thought it was one of those, you know, it could be a YouTube video from months ago. for Because they've done Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. That'd be a good one to come back in with. Is there a one the they day. don't like? Have you? Have you? No, I mean, I, I, I didn't look at every single one of them. They had an REO Speedwagon song. You know, I mean, just kind of old rock, old R&B, some, some like classic country back when guys wore cowboy hats. All right, all right. Not bro like country, but I mean, they—they—you can tell they appreciate me, and they're not like these musical savants. It's just you know people that like to listen to music. So that's why this song is uh, a top song again. Phil Collins, very appreciative. All right. Um, I would say it wouldn't get a lot more fun after that, but there's actually been some good news uh, that's been going on. Uh, and uh, we've got a, a bunch to get to as far as that. Jim Zoki with the Panthers is going to join us here. They had their first Panthers uh, talk last night. Uh, Clay Travis interviewed Donald Trump earlier today. We'll have some of those cuts for you in a little bit. Uh, but the uh, Big Ten making the announcement this afternoon around 3 o'clock or so that they are going to uh, postpone fall football. Both uh, they and the Pac-12, who made the announcement official less than a half hour ago, 
are saying that uh, they are looking at a resumption of football in the spring. Pac-12 specifically saying January 1st. Uh, I talked to a source today who says right now the AAC appears they're going to hang tight. Kind of like Conference USA, the AAC is going to make a lot of their determinations on what the SEC does to a lesser extent what the ACC does. Uh, I have it on good authority from a really good source that UNC, believe it or not, uh, and, and some of the other schools in the state of North Carolina are determined and want to play. Um, and uh, if that's the case, that's a good sign. Now, don't know what the chancellors and the presidents are going to do, and there's no word right now out of the ACC that anything's going to happen. But uh, my source did say that the AAC uh, is is likely to hang tight in there as long as the SEC and ACC, and to a lesser extent, the Big 12, look like they're going to play. But they're outside of ECU and Appalachian State. Uh, there are other institutions in the state who want to play football. At least their athletic administration wants to. Uh, we'll talk to Mike Houston about this. Uh, Pirates are on the practice field right now, so it is a post-6 o'clock press conference today. That's kind of the regular schedule now that school's back in session. So uh, look to our social media. Uh, it's Twitter page at 943thegame and our Facebook uh, page 943thegame uh, for uh, video and reaction to that uh, after 6 o'clock, so after we go off the air. Um, what does all of this mean? Uh, there's a lot of uh, talking heads out there right now. Some of them doing some victory laps. Uh, I do want to start with uh, the president. And this is really pared down here, uh, but the president uh, on this uh, cut sheet here, cut five, Ben, talking about college football players essentially should play. In fact, he said it would be a bad thing if they did not. This was uh, Donald Trump, the president, on Clay Travis's program earlier today. But, you know, these football players are very young, strong people. And physically, I mean, they're physically in extraordinary shape. So they're not going to have a problem. You're not going to see people, you know, could there be, could it happen? But I doubt it. You're not going to see people dying. Uh, we'll have more of that uh, coming up. And uh, we'll, we'll have some more of those comments uh, from the uh, Clay Travis interview earlier today. Uh, one of the other things we have here is uh, Penn State's coach saying that they're going to look outside, uh, much like uh, Nebraska talked about. James Franklin saying they're going to look outside of the Big uh, Ten to play uh, football this season. That's James Franklin from Penn State saying that. Uh, so this clip is courtesy of Ben. Get up. Your well, show, get up. Here we go. Here's Coach Franklin. Well, to me, if we can push things back, continue to gather information, and our trainers and doctors and all the medical personnel feel like this is something we could do and should do, then I think I have a responsibility based on the feedback I've gotten from my players and my parents to explore any opportunity possible uh, for our players to be able to continue to reach their dreams. And again, that's on the advice of our players. That's on the advice of our parents. But it's got to be it's got to be led by medical professionals. Yeah, I have a responsibility to my players and their families to exhaust every opportunity and option that's out there. 
And uh, coming out today, Andrea Adelson uh, writing this for uh, ESPN.com. She uh, may not be a popular uh, figure in Bristol anymore, uh, but she uh, has an article, and I'll read from it now. The title of the article, ACC medical expert says fall college football season can be played safely. The chair of the ACC medical advisory group believes a fall season can be played safely, which is one of the biggest reasons the league remains on course to start the season in September. Dr. Cameron Wolf, a Duke infectious disease specialist, telling Sports Business Daily that doctors have learned enough over the past six months to manage risk, to manage the risk. This is a quote. We believe we can mitigate it down to a level that makes everyone safe, Wolf told the Daily. Can we safely have two teams meet on the field? I would say yes. Will it be tough? Yes. Will it be expensive and hard and lots of work? For sure. But I do believe you can sufficiently mitigate the risk of bringing COVID-19 onto the football field or into the training room at a level that's no different than living as a student on campus. Now, uh, we've got this article up uh, on our uh, Facebook page, also Twitter, 94.3 The Game, Facebook, uh, at 94.3 The Game on Twitter. Wolf also told Commissioner John Swafford, the ACC commission, and league athletic directors that there is no way to cut the risk to zero and that they have to be comfortable with some level of risk tolerance. This is another quote. You can tell me that running onto a football field is supposed to be zero risk in, a zero-risk environment. Look at all the regular sporting injuries that we accept as a certain level of risk as part and parcel of football. Now the reality is that we have to accept a little bit of COVID risk to be part of that. And uh, the article goes on uh, there. And they also address... One of the things that's come up as a concern for the NCAA, uh, myocarditis. I hope I, I'm, I'm no doctor, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I believe I am myocarditis, uh, the condition that causes inflammation of the heart muscle that could be linked to the coronavirus. Uh, the condition is usually caused by a viral infection, including those that cause the common cold, H1N1 influenza, mononucleosis. Uh, left undiagnosed and untreated, it can cause heart damage and sudden cardiac arrest, which can be fatal. It is a, this is the important part here. That is a rare condition. It is a rare condition, but the COVID-19 virus has been linked with uh, microcarditis with a higher frequency than other viruses based on limited studies and anecdotal evidence since the start of the pandemic. I don't want to get crazy here about this, but, you know, we're, we're taking doctors who have uh, prescribed certain medicines to help fight the virus off of YouTube and calling them quacks. Uh, and it just says right here, this is limited amount of studies have been done and anecdotal evidence. So we're canceling football over the very thing that we're mocking doctors about because they're talking about drugs that the president endorses two weeks ago. In other words, because of anecdotal evidence and limited studies since the start of the pandemic, we're canceling football. But if doctors want to get on and talk about that drugs that could, and that they have said helps uh, their patients fight the uh, coronavirus, uh, they're banned. So, I mean, this is political, folks. If you, if you don't believe it is, uh, I, I, you're, you're kidding yourself. And I'm not saying that uh, this is anything that is, uh, should not be taken seriously. It should be considered very, uh, very seriously. So more out of today, Ohio State uh, 
would have rather their AD delayed the start of the season, postponed the start of the season, rather than uh, totally uh, bag football for the year. Uh, apparently, the Big Ten ADs are going to have some kind of meeting tonight. I don't know what would be discussed there. Uh, so that's kind of where we are uh, with that. Some good news to tell you about before we get to uh, our interview here with uh, Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network. Uh, there's reports of a meeting tonight. The High School Athletic Association uh, Governing Board, it's made up of superintendents, but also coaches, athletic directors. It's made up of principals, a whole kind of group of people statewide. They're going to meet on Zoom tonight, and they're going to discuss a delay, if you will, to the start of high school sports in North Carolina. Uh, one of the key things they're going to talk about is maybe cutting down on the number of games uh, in various sports. Right now, you can play 11 games in football and in some other sports, 23 games in sports like volleyball, basketball, soccer, and they're talking about maybe cutting those numbers down. Uh, I've been told that while there is no talk of a, a postseason tonight, that that's not off the table at this point. And I heard this from two what I would consider very reliable sources uh, that I spoke with today. Uh, and then Nick Stevens, who is with High School OT, tweeted something about an hour ago to the effect of high school football may not be played in 2020, but it does not mean that it is going to be uh, not played at all in reference 2021. Didn't come out and say that, but just kind of knowing what I know, talking to some good sources today, I found uh, that tweet reading between the lines to be quite interesting. But the, the, apparently, according to what I've learned, there's going to be a meeting tonight at the state level about this. So there could be an announcement tomorrow. Uh, could be announcement Thursday, but uh, looking at shortening the regular season and pushing things back and in light of what we've had happen today, uh, I, I think that's some very good news. Uh, we'll grab a break and uh, come back. Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network will uh, join us. We'll also break down uh, some of the uh, Donald Trump on Clay Travis. That's been getting a lot of uh, talk today in uh, sports and national media. All of that is ahead, plus uh, the Ben Byram update. Uh, Little League Baseball being played here in Greenville tonight. A couple big games. So all of that is ahead on the Patrick Johnson Show. Radio Network, last night the first Panther talk, and uh, Jim Zoki on the phone with us, uh, basking in the glow of that inaugural broadcast here in the uh, season that is 2020, the weirdest one uh, yet. Jim, I hope you're well. Hope everybody's healthy and safe. Doing as well as you can, and uh, you mentioned Panther talk. That was actually my first time back inside the stadium in about six months, I guess, uh, five months since the pandemic started. We've been doing everything remotely and from home as far as podcasts and zoom press conferences and all that so uh, got the you know temperature check going in got the, a wristband and got up to do an hour-long show from the stadium so baby steps right patrick exactly now let me ask you this how many people all told were in the in the stadium when you kind of arrived and when the show ended what was the 
rough number. Maybe it was a flowing kind of number, but how many folks were involved in the whole thing? Well, you know, they're using the entire stadium. I say that truly as for the football team in a lot of ways. They, as I walked through uh, some of the levels, I would look down at what would normally be these fan concourse areas, you know, these gathering areas for getting food and drink and all that. And it would be a positions group here, and then you'd walk a little further, <laughs> another positions group with their coach. Right. And so uh, each, you know, concourse that I walked by uh, was like the little position groups was going on, but also they have Zoom meetings. Apparently, I've not seen this, but each player has their own luxury suite. So they're in a, oh. a separate suite for the uh, like, by themselves. Each one individually has their own suite. So they're truly using the entire Bank of America Stadium for football. So as we walked out last evening, they were still having those kind of meetings out there. And then you have some, you know, other type workers that are doing what they need to do right, there. Yeah. But uh, it's, um, yeah, it just feels kind of like, Oh, what is this? <laughs> do you I miss? Listening? Should I be walking faster? I mean, I don't want them to think we're eavesdropping on their pieces yeah. over here. Do you miss Wofford? I like Wofford. I mean, you know, people say this and that. It's like, to me, it's an hour and 15 minutes from where I live. But I think every year it's gotten bigger and better, and they've been great hosts. And um, so, to me, you know, they've got a, a, a system kind of laid out. Opening night is in the the Gibbs Stadium with the fans there, and then they, they kind of settle into the regular training camp stuff and the routine of it. So to me, it's kind of like that's the sign of football. You go, you make that drive down 85 and go to training camp. you got a couple of favorite restaurants to hit and that kind of thing. So I, I kind of miss that kind of a familiar start of a football season, which is going down there. But, you know, once they get the thing built here, that'll feel like the new new. But uh, there's certainly a great history of, you know, you think of 25 years of going down there. Uh, Jim Zoki, long time uh, with the uh, Panthers Radio Network, all 25 of those years. It's great to have uh, Jim back with us uh, here on 94.3 The Game. Do, now, Mick would stay in the dorms. I don't know if he did that every year. Do you? Did you stay in the dorms? Or I, I noticed you gave the time from your house, so I'm guessing. And, and, of course, you have your radio duties there, so you probably weren't staying in the yeah. dorms like Mick was. Yeah, Mick doesn't have other things to do. I've got other jobs. Uh, so back in the day, we used to do like the morning show down there. Not every day, but we'd do the morning show down there. Then we'd walk out and go to practice. Because back then, you had two-a-day padded practices. I mean, there was a lot of football going on. Now it's very condensed. There's very few padded practices. And I can do the morning show here, kind of like table a sportscast and head down there and catch two-thirds of a football practice, which you know, you're right. not missing anything the first you know, you've been in the football practice stretching and getting acclimated. Yeah. All that takes about half an hour. So I would do that. I would uh, do the morning show, get down there, then catch the practice and catch interviews and do all that afterwards. It worked out timing-wise with the, the morning practices with what they were doing. So, yeah, I'm not for years, but you're right. Mick, Mick likes to, you know, absorb it all, soak it all in, become part of the culture <laughs> of what is training camp. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Mick, so you, I, I saw a picture you put up last night on Twitter or social media. The, mm -hmm. the pandemic has done nothing for Mick's fashion sense, has it? You know, these are questions for Mick, uh, so I can't be his <laughs> spokesperson on these topics, but Mick does have a style of his own. It's kind of a, it's kind of like you know, the half dressed up with the coat and tie and then the half, uh, the baggy jeans and the tennis shoes. So it's kind okay, of a were those jeans? Ball. Were those jeans that he had on? They look like carpenter were, pants. What, what were they? They, they? Yeah, I guess you would call it carpenter pants. They had a lot of big, big pockets, right? Uh, it, 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 big would be the word. Yes, it was. Yep. It was something. Mick is Mick, Mick is about the comfort. Those are not. A, that wasn't like a one-off. That's pretty much standard fare. That was not like some unusual uh, combination of clothing. That was the typical. All right. So uh, 
will you put more pictures of mixed outfits on? Will you commit to that now? You know, we'll, we'll kind of do it in drips, and you know, you don't want to overdo. Okay. You know, you don't want it to turn into like a sensation, and so uh, you <laughs> know, mix that on social media. So I, I feel like that, you know, I, no, whether 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 thumbs up or thumbs down, I, I would like for him to have the opportunity to at least have the chance to uh, retort. But he has zero interest in anything social media. I think he actually made that case again last night. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I just it was good to see Meg. Don't get me wrong. It's just. I, I thought, because you know, sometimes Mick, I guess, kind of wears the jeans, as you said. These, these didn't look like jeans. This is just, it caught my so the baggy, you're right. Yeah. You, you said it right. I think yeah. baggy carpenter jeans is probably the yeah. better wording for it. It was, it was strange. Uh, In Mick, case you're carrying a lot of tools, hammers, right. you know, screwdrivers. Well, you know, like you say, it. there could be, you know, they're, they're probably not full staffed at the stadium. There are people there working. Maybe they needed somebody to, you know. Uh, help with some sort of carpentry And he would love that, by the way. That's right in his wheelhouse. He's, a, he's a, a, like a DIY kind of. Okay. He is absolutely a handyman. Definitely true. And uh, works on his own cars and all that stuff. Does yeah. he? I might need yep. to talk yeah. to him. I need I need, I need. need some bad work on a car. Uh, we've got Jim Zoki <laughs> with us here, uh, and he's been good enough to, to join us and put up with my foolishness here. I, I want to get to some more substantive discussion. Um, and... Uh, before we get into the Panthers and training camp and, and NFL and what have you, uh, obviously, who knows what's going to happen ultimately with college football. The, the NFL, I have to imagine, is fine if there's no college football. From the standpoint, NFL could have Saturday games and Saturday primetime games. Yeah, from a scheduling standpoint, you're right. And I think they've even had those kind of discussions about maybe doing something like move three Sunday games Saturday to fill that slot because people are going to be you know craving Saturday football if it doesn't happen and to be determined with that obviously as we speak it changes by the minute with college football right now with what's potentially happening there but uh, yeah but then too you know for those who are on the scouting side of the NFL and not the TV and entertainment side you know they it, 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 what you know what are you going to evaluate you know, there'll be a draft next year and uh, will there be spring football uh, spring football with a draft happening at the same time and how that's all going to go down. So it's really, as you said, everything's new and different and crazy this year. There was a question asked of DJ Moore uh, during one of the Zoom conferences, and we get the uh, kind of uh, audio after the fact for a lot of those, uh, and, and we'll air them from time to time on the show. And uh, someone asked, uh, was he ready to become kind of a top receiver? Now, I understood what the question meant. Uh, from the standpoint of he is obviously right now the top receiver, one would say, for the Panthers. That's agreeable, right? Uh, right. right. So, yes. But you've seen a lot of great receivers, Steve Smith, others around the league. I guess the question was, is he ready to maybe take it to a level to be in a different strata and elite? That's how I interpreted that question from a week or so ago. Uh, so the question for from your perspective, Jim, would be, is he ready to – to take that step to be elite, not just the best receiver on his team. Yeah, I do. I think if you look at his last uh, six games or so last year, he was uh, among the top you know, two or three receivers in the league. Now, is that sustainable? I don't know. But I think they absolutely, in terms of this, could he become a Pro Bowl player? Yeah, absolutely. I think he is. And he finished last year with 87 catches and almost 1,200 yards. And so I think in this offense, uh, which is set up to be, by all accounts, fun and versatile and uh, uh, very passer-friendly. Uh, he should have a great chance to succeed. And you know, He's always brought that physicality of the run after the catch. And he's become better at the catch. And I think his first year he had you know, struggled with some drops, uh, but he's really 
did in the second half of last year, which was a very un, you know forgettable second half of a season last year for the team, he stood out as one of the bright spots, not working with the best quality quarterbacks at that time with Kyle Allen and Will Greer. So I think he absolutely, you know, putting a good offense with a veteran quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater could really blossom this year even more. Uh, we've got Jim Zoki with us here, Panthers Radio Network. Uh, you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. It seems like uh, everybody that is playing with Teddy Bridgewater on the team this year seems to really like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not saying they didn't like Cam Newton, but they really seem to like Teddy Bridgewater. And when you're the new guy in a new situation, that's a big part of the battle, I would have to imagine. And we're hearing, you know, these Zoom press conferences are about daily, so uh, about two, three weeks of the players and coaches talking. And when they're asked about Bridgewater, it's, it's almost an echo of leadership, poise, you know, pocket presence. Uh, it, it, things move slowly for him. And he's even taken over from what the coaches have said, you know, some of the meetings and, and explained the offense. Because, you know, they're running this hybrid Saints offense, and he was there with Joe Brady at New Orleans. And so he's familiar, and that was part of the appeal of bringing him in, was a, a guy that would be steady and would understand how to run this offense. They went 5-0 and as a starter for New Orleans last year. And then there'll be other wrinkles, uh, which he gets because he was with Minnesota. He'll be doing some LSU things. I'm sure we'll see some Baylor, Temple-type things as part of his offense, too. So I, I think he's just a veteran guy who's been around that's smart and kind of savvy. And uh, you know, some guys are good at being leaders and some aren't. He seems to be the, the classic leadership quarterback, would expect him to be a captain of a team kind of guy. So he seems to fit the mode of what they were looking for. Defensively, and, and that's, you know, those are among the question areas, but uh, Burns, Brown, uh, are there guys, in your opinion, that can maybe break out and have a big year defense? I guess really up front that there's not a ton of questions if everybody stays healthy. It's just the linebacking core on back to the secondary is where the questions are at this point. I mean, it's a lot of changeover. I mean, you, you start with, you know, Luke Keekley not being there and from the previous year, Thomas Davis, Julius Peppers, it's, it's been a two-year turnover of some you know, big-time talent there. And now, obviously, whole new coaching staff and philosophy about what they're doing. We're back to a 4-3 uh, from a 3-4, and they want guys that are versatile that can move around if you're a defensive end. Hopefully, you can play defensive tackle. If you're a safety, you can play linebacker. So that's going to take time to put together. You know, and just being realistic, you know, so many new pieces with the new coaching staff. It probably will take a little bit of time to come together. It probably won't be happening week one the way they want it to. It's just not possible. But there's some really good pieces. You mentioned Derek Brown, teaming him with KK Short and his mm-hmm. return and a two-time Pro Bowl player. That gives you, you know, we were just getting gashed up the middle on the run last year. You know, the two guys where that I can't see that happening like it was last year. So Shaq Thompson at linebacker knows he's got to step it up. Dante Jackson has to play better than he did last year. And then they bring in guys like. Eli Apple is a free agent. Jeremy Chin in the draft. Uh, Yidor Grossmatos from Penn State in, in the draft. You know, whatever those guys can contribute as, as rookies right away. They're talented. You know, but how much at the NFL level can they do the first year without having full OTAs? Probably not as much as you would like, but uh, hopefully gets it up and running pretty quick. How about the offensive line, uh, Jim? What are you uh, hearing You know, uh, with that group and how that's meshing? You know, it's a really – veteran group of guys you know so as far as the meshing goes like i said you know, as we get into some of the padded practices that begin next week we'll get more of the physical part of it from a mental standpoint they seem comfortable with each other but i mean you've got russell okun coming in a multi-time pro bowl left tackle they brought in um, both michael schofield and john miller that could be your two starting guards who are veteran guys matt paradis who didn't play that great last year but in a different system here uh with a coaching style he's more familiar with might do better with Coach Myers, the offensive line coach at center. And then Taylor Moten, I think, has played well. They've 
put him at guard, tackle different places in his young career, entering his third year, fourth year now, actually now, um, has been, I think, very solid wherever he's been. So I, I think, you know, it's not young. It's a pretty veteran group, and it gives time for last year's rookies, Greg Little and Dennis Daly, to, you know, if they, if they earn a starting job, great. If not, they have a chance to learn behind some of these guys and be spot starters when needed. Is, is with Daly in particular, and there's a reason he got to play a lot last year. Is Daly? Are they still pretty convinced he will become what they think he'll become, or is there is there a willingness for him to develop at this point? Well, he's got a chance to win left guard. So I think it's going to be him and Schofield who was brought in from uh, the Chargers. So I, I think you know Daly they like a lot, and they played him some at tackle as well. But uh, yeah, I think he can be. Remember, you know Daly was the later round pick. He was like a. Mm-hmm. A six-round pick out of South Carolina. Greg Little is the guy they invested a second-round pick in right. out of Ole Miss last year, and you know that's the guy they drafted that they thought this could be our left tackle for a generation, perhaps, or something like that. So I think a lot more pressure on Greg Little. Whereas when you talk about a six-round draft choice, you know you're looking for a guy that hopefully you strike gold in a later round and he becomes a solid player for you. A dozen or so minutes into this, and I've not asked the Christian McCaffrey question, so I'm asking you the Christian McCaffrey question now. We've heard from him in Zoom. You're going on what you've heard, not seen necessarily, but uh, is he poised for another uh, enormous year, you think? I don't know how he couldn't be. I mean, as long as he's healthy, I mean, just he's a matchup nightmare for anybody out there. And now in this offense, I don't know what more they could do than what he did last year, (laughs) uh, except the fact that he could catch the ball, he could run the ball. He's a willing blocker as a decoy or a blocker. He's willing to put in the work uh, as far as that goes, too. So, yeah, I think this is going to be an offense when you spend $64 million on a guy that's going to be centered around him, you know, not anybody else, and everybody else is going to benefit from him being on the field. He played almost 94% of the snaps last year, so I think if anything, you know, they might want to look at that backup running back and, and see if they can't spell him a little bit and uh, you know, treat the investment well so that he can you know, make it to age 29 on that contract and be healthy. Do you feel like from the standpoint of that big contract – performance but also being the face of the franchise now is he is he suited and and ready for that role in a sense he is i mean he's just you know poised work ethic um leader great football player great teammate i mean you couldn't do better i know some people are like well you don't pay you don't overpay running back they don't have a, a long life in the nfl but he's a receiver he's a running back uh you don't have a lot of big-name guys here you're spending money on with the departure of some of those guys I mentioned before. So, to me, it made all the sense in the world. And uh, to me, he's the best running back in the league. You know, And when you add in what he does as a receiver, I mean, nobody compares to that. And to me, he's just – if you're if – as he even was asked, who would you pick in fantasy football number one in the draft? Yeah, number one overall, <laughs> he said of himself. And it's right. I think with yeah. that with real football, same thing. If you were starting a franchise, who would you grab? I mean, that would be – Outside of picking your quarterback, if it was like anything but quarterback, that would be the guy you'd want to have on your team. So let me very quickly end on one thing here out of the AFC. Is it is it a two-team sort of deal in the AFC, Baltimore, Kansas City, uh, Jackson, Mahomes, who seem to be, you know, who's who's the better quarterback? You speak of some of those rankings and, and video game rankings and uh, sides on there are kind of picked. seems like a lot of people love Lamar Jackson uh, in, in some of these lists, but and rightfully so. Uh, but on the AFC side of things, is that how that's kind of shaping up in your mind to be those two? Yeah, I think for starters it's that way. But, you know, one thing we've seen is every year is different. And it's a year, it's a league that's built year to year. 
uh, and helping the teams at the bottom get up towards the middle and bringing the teams at the top more towards the middle because coaches tend to leave, players tend to get contracts elsewhere sometimes. So, yeah, Baltimore and Kansas City will, will be two of those teams, but every year it's just like surprises come up and teams you thought were going to be great turn into mediocre teams. Heck, the Panthers were 5-3 and three at the turn last year yeah. to go 0-8, right? Yeah. So it's just, you, you can get halfway through a season and not even be sure of, of what a team's going to be. And this year, Patrick, I mean, from what I'm hearing and what you're hearing, the same thing, too. If they get through 16 games, that'll be the biggest surprise out of anything. So this could be a year where I think we've got to be ready for some glitches, for some maybe pauses in the schedule for time to pass and then restart the season possibly. I think they're doing everything they absolutely can in a physical contact sport to make football possible, but I think we ought to be ready for everything to be a little bit out of sorts this year. Hey, Jim, great to catch up with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, Jim Zoki, Carolina Panthers uh, Radio Network, Panther Talk last night uh, over on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB. You know, when we hear spring football, in a lot of cases, and, and the Pac-12 said this specifically, Big Ten alluded to this, I mean, they're talking – spring semester. So after the fall semester at a lot of these places, I guess, you know, Pac-12 specifically talking January 1st as a resumption date. But I mean, we're in the midst of even on the West Coast, the the cold and flu season. Uh, I I just don't know. One other thing uh, from earlier when we talked about uh, this reported uh, or uh, uh, meeting that the High School Athletic Association boards having tonight. Uh, none of this would start. None of these shortened seasons would start till November, specifically November fourth, is what I was uh, uh, told. One of the things they're going to be dis- discussing. And my, uh, I, I told you to be after the election. Before this will, everything returns to normal after the election. So the high schools uh, looking at post-election to get back going. The jokes write themselves sometimes. Uh, the Donald was on Clay Travis earlier today. You heard it right here. The president joining uh, one of the uh, biggest sports talk hosts in the uh, world, and, and he's on every morning, 6 to 9 here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, we'll play you some of the cuts from that. Ben Byram, though, with an update on everything else that's going on in the world of sports. Ben, what do you got for us? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Byram here for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. The Big Ten has made the dreaded decision to postpone their college football season with the hopes of playing football in the spring after a university president vote. Meanwhile, conference member Nebraska has other plans. They have come out and spoke publicly that they have every intention of playing this fall. Moments ago, the Pac-12 conference also followed suit, canceling their football season, citing their medical experts were not keen on the idea of playing. Reports indicate that they would attempt to also play in the spring. Great news out of the American Conference as athletic directors met, met late last night discussed potential scenarios for the upcoming fall football season and are seeming to prepare for a football season this fall. Universities' presidents will meet tonight, but there will not be a vote conducted. The ACC is ready to do the same as CBS Sports reports that one of the highest-ranking officials in the conference claims that the conference fully intends to play football this fall. In Pirate Baseball, the team picks up another commitment for the 2023 class. An infielder-pitcher hybrid, Colby Wallace. Wallace from Pinecrest High School is ranked as the second-best middle infielder in North Carolina per perfect game. Some local action currently underway as Greenville Little League continue their championship tournament. The North State Championship top-seeded for the North State top Championship. Top-seeded Kiwanis is battling second-seeded C&C Stoneworks. And the top of the second, Kiwanis currently leads 3-0. 
while third-seeded Brandon Wood will also battle fourth-seeded Remax at seven for the Tar Heel State Championship. The winner of these two games will go on to play each other for the Greenville Little League Championship. Live from the NBA bubble in Orlando, the Sixers currently in heated contest against the Red Hot Phoenix Suns. Sixers barely lead 45-44 coming into halftime. Relatively unknown power forward Mike Scott of the Sixers leads all scorers with 12 points. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies and the Celtics just tipped off through a few minutes of action. The Celtics lead 9-5. And in the NHL, one live game currently underway between the Blue Jackets and the Lightning. That contest is tied late in the third, 2-2 two two apiece. The Carolina Hurricanes are set to take on the Boston Bruins in playoff action tonight at 8 o'clock. In the net, the Bruins plan to start experienced veteran Tuka Rask, while the Canes will start Peter Mrazek. Meanwhile, Canes all-star defenseman Dougie Hamilton is expected to return for tonight's game. Your 94 to the game sports update. I'm Ben Byron. President Trump on Clay Travis. Comments from that after this quick timeout. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Williams twins like this one a lot. It's a great song. This might be with the Stones. I know everybody likes Satisfaction, but this might be the Stones' best no, song. This is, this is definitive Stones right here. Stones. Yeah. This might be their best song. My personal favorite. Honky Tonk Women's pretty good. Never heard that one. I gotta check Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. You, you can do your own YouTube. Here. Yeah, you can do your own YouTube video. Uh, thanks to Jim Zoki. President Trump was on uh, 94.3 The Game earlier this morning on the Clay Travis Show on the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to play the college football-specific part of that for you in a moment, but we did want to go through some of the other things that they talked about in a more condensed uh, way. They talked about the NFL. That was one of the first questions after Tom Brady. Uh, so uh, Trump responding to the Clay Travis question about the NFL wanting to, to uh, play uh, and Trump basically saying he's he's fine with that. Obviously, he supports that, but not if they're going to protest during the national anthem. Well, they want to open and they want to open badly and they've been working with government. Uh, I would say this. If they don't stand for the national anthem, I hope they don't open. But other than that, I'd love to see them open. And we're doing everything possible for uh, getting them open. Uh, they can protest in other ways. They shouldn't protest our flag or our country. The attention then turned to the NBA. Uh, and cut three here, Ben. Trump gave a pretty uh, succinct assessment of the NBA. So I think that uh, they, uh, the NBA is in trouble. I think it's in big trouble, bigger trouble than they understand. <laughs> uh, and he says that the NBA uh, fans and, and people that would watch the games have had enough of politics. Cut two. I think it's been horrible for basketball. Look at the basketball ratings. They're down they're down to very low numbers, very, very low numbers. People are angry about it. They don't realize that they don't want, they have enough politics with guys like me. <laughs> they don't need uh, more as they're uh, driving down, uh, going up for the shot. You know, they don't need it. And there was a nastiness about the NBA, the way it was done, too. And uh, Clay Travis asked the president about uh, the NBA and its relationship with China. The way they catered to China, the way they bowed to China, it's a disgrace, frankly, and they make a lot more money here than they do from China. But we have a system that allows you to disrespect your system, and that's uh, uh, too bad for them. Uh, too bad for them. They don't appreciate what they have here. All right, and then uh, this came at the end of the interview, and, and they asked the president about Joe Biden's uh, 
vice, vice presidential pick, which has since been made this afternoon, Kamala Harris. Uh, but um, the who does the president think was a better basketball player? Uh, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Well, I've seen them both. Michael Jordan is plus he wasn't political, so people like him better. <laughs> um, they talked about college football. That came a little more at, at sort of the midway to ending point of the interview. Uh, and we're going to play uh, that whole interchange there from earlier today on the Clay Travis uh, Outkick show here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, we'll pick it up right now. We're talking to the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Uh, Mr. President, much less serious in terms of uh, the plague, although uh, the virus is impacting many different parts of sports in America, including potentially college football. I know you're a big college football fan. Uh, you went to the LSU-Alabama game this past year, Joe Burrow against uh, Tua Tagovailoa, great game. Uh, you went to the national title game where Clemson played against uh, LSU. Why is it important for college football to be played, and what do you think you can do to help that happen? Well, first of all, those those people, the people in that sport, it's just like, like incredible people. And, you know, like some of the coaches, like Nick Saban and, and uh, Coach O. How about Coach O? He's amazing. He's central casting, right? You're doing yes. a football movie, you got to pick him as your coach, right? And, yes. And put him in the movie. Uh, and Lou Holtz is a, just a fantastic guy, a friend of mine. He's been a supporter from the beginning. And, uh, you know, just uh, just so many others. They're, they're just great people. And they want to play football, and they know better than anyone else. The other thing is, and somebody was explaining, I had actually a great one of the great doctors. They said these people are so powerful and so strong, and not lots of body fat. Although you could take a couple of offensive linemen, perhaps, and dispute that. But not a lot of body fat, uh, maybe none in some cases. You know, and they're very healthy people. They, you know, people don't realize it's a tiny percentage of people that that gets sick and uh they're old it just attacks old people especially old people with bad heart diabetes or some kind of a physical problem uh, a weight problem isn't it wonderful that i'm of a perfect a perfect <laughs> physical specimen it's so great yeah you're three percent body so fat right that's right i was uh, yeah zero percent didn't i have zero percent <laughs> somebody, somebody said i had zero percent body fat wouldn't that be nice yeah. but no but this attacks uh Older people, very viciously, by the way, it can be if it's uh, the wrong person. But, you know, these football players are very young, strong people. And uh, physically, I mean, they're physically in extraordinary shape. So they're not going to have a problem. You're not going to see people, you know, could there be, could it happen? But I doubt it. You're not going to see people dying. And many people get it. And they have, like, kids, they get it. They have the sniffles. Young kids, almost none have a serious problem with it. I mean, literally, you look, I think they said the state of California, almost nobody that's young had a, like zero, had a problem with, meaning a, a serious problem with this disease. I mean, they get better very quickly if they get it at all. So I, I think I think football's making a tragic mistake. And, you know, it's interesting. When it opens, I, when I went to that game, it was incredible. I went to a couple of them, and I never really did the big-time college football. I went to an Ivy League school. It wasn't quite the same. But when I went to Alabama and I went to LSU, and, you know, these stadiums are massive. You have no idea about that. It's much bigger crowds than the NFL. You know, in the NFL, you'll have 60. And here we had, I think, 115,000 people. 
and you go to see these games and uh, it's 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 brilliant football it's great football it's the atmosphere there's nothing like it and you can't have empty seats you know if i had five empty seats for instance they said when i do a rally sir the reason i won't do them because you can't have uh, one seat and then seven around that seat, sir, have to be empty. Oh, that'll look great. You know, you have one person and everything's fake, empty around them. You can't do that. Uh, and I don't think, I'm not sure that college football can do it, but we'll have to see. You know, some sports I see, I think golf has not been hurt visually by, in fact, I think golf looks more beautiful if you want to know the truth. You know, instead of uh, a lot of people, you know, the cheering's good and certainly I guess the income is good and all, but golf works. You know what works is UFC works very well. UFC, I watched that the other night, and they light up the stage. They light up the cage, and it's, uh, you know, really bright. They darken the arena, maybe put a little silk around it, who knows, but uh, that works. And other sports don't work. Basketball's not working. I think basketball's not working because of the way they treated our flag and our anthem, if you want to know the truth. But it doesn't seem to have anything. I just, I looked at it, and I I, I couldn't watch it. And... Uh, Baseball, I'm, I haven't I haven't made a ruling on that yet in terms of uh, my own. I haven't had much of a chance to watch it. But uh, some sports are working okay and some sports aren't. But I thought golf looked really good for the PGA. I, I didn't miss the, the fans. And I think that uh, probably UFC was a very good one. I, I am not impressed. Uh, somebody told me hockey works okay. And uh, but th- those sports are meant more for fans. I really believe that. I think they're meant more for fans. I think basketball is going to need its fans back. From what I'm seeing, it looks very dull. Clay Travis uh, interviewing the president of the United States, Donald Trump, earlier today on his uh, program, uh, Outkick, which you can hear from six to nine right here every uh, morning on uh, 94.3 The Game. Uh, all right, we'll come back and uh, wrap things up on a, another noteworthy day. Uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. Uh, Big 10, Pac-12. No season this year. Postponing it to the spring. Uh, Pac-12 specifically saying they'll revisit a start of uh, January 1, 2021. Uh, word that the Athletic Association in the state of North Carolina, uh, their board reportedly meeting tonight via Zoom to look at shortening the uh, sports seasons and moving uh, everything back to kind of November. Uh, we will see how all that plays out now, but formally coming. Uh, and then we got the Canes and Bruins tonight. Stanley Cup. For entertainment purposes only, intern Philip, who is uh, the favorite in game one tonight? Uh, Bruins are favorite in game one, according to Vegas Insider. They are minus 140. Canes are plus 120. And then what is uh, the Canes Bruins for the series? Vegas Insider's got the Bruins at minus 150, Canes plus 130. So not good news for the Canes fans. Says the guy wearing the Bruins gear. Ben, I don't know. I mean, we need to start. I can't believe we don't ask in this vetting process. Who do you who do you root for? We got to filter them out. Get them out of here. It's a new question on the form. Uh, John McGinnis tomorrow. 
ECU golfing great, broadcaster on the PGA Tour. We'll talk about uh, the Wyndham being played this uh, weekend in Greensboro. We were there last year. Not going to be there this year. Uh, thanks to Jim Zoki for the Panthers Radio Network, for Ben Byram, and intern Philip the Ref. I'm Patrick Johnson. We'll greet you tomorrow. Social media, Twitter, Facebook, for uh, comments from Mike Houston. This press conference coming up at the top of the hour, post-practice.